Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What is going on, everybody? Welcome in to episode 500 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. Massive milestone episode tonight, and no better way uh, for episode 500 to be right in the thick of an Eagles postseason run, just how we got this whole shindig started way back in 2018. It's KB and Matt coming at you from Underground Studios. We're going to talk Eagles-Giants. We're going to talk Sixers. We're going to talk all of it. We're going to talk about, you know, some unfortunate circumstances that happened during last night's Flyers game, uh, but bring some light to some of the positive players on the roster as well. And uh, we're going to rattle off some of the uh, potential candidates for the Underground Sports Philadelphia Hall of Fame that will be announced uh, on our anniversary show uh, on February 8th this year. It falls on the Wednesday, but February 7th, our anniversary, we'll have a brand new merch capsule for that, which I'll talk to you guys about our merch in just a little bit. But before we dive into everything, make sure you guys are following us on the socials at Underground PHI on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash Underground Sports PHI. If you're watching live right now, it's twitch.tv slash Underground Sports PHI. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castarina. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are there. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews because it does go a long way for helping this show continue to grow and help us bring you 500-plus more episodes uh, in the future. So go subscribe. Leave a five-star review. We will read them on the show if you leave them, so make sure you leave those five-star reviews on Apple and Spotify. And subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. That's where you get full video episodes of every single podcast on our network. You get live streams. You get original video content shorts which we've been pumping out a bunch of lately all on our youtube channel go subscribe we're trying to hit that 1000 subscriber mark it's youtube.com slash at underground sports philadelphia smash that like button ring the bell icon comment down below your thoughts on everything matt and i discuss on tonight's show and be a friend tell a friend to subscribe to the youtube channel and big thank you to our sponsors who make this show happen main auto llc security 21 security systems paul j gillespie incorporated and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, and of course, our amazing merch partners at PHI Apparel Company. They're the best in the game, and there's no doubt, guys, that when you're going down to the link on Saturday, if you're going to the Wells Fargo Center beforehand, you get a $20 ticket for the Wings game to go pregame for the Eagles. It's 215 night, $2 uh, soft pretzels, $1 hot dogs, $5 beers. I don't think there's a better way to get your pregame tailgate in then at the Wings game, uh, and you'll stand out in the crowd when you're rocking your official Underground Sports Philadelphia merch. You guys can go to phiapparel.co and use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off shirts, hoodies, anything on their uh, storefront, you name it. Plus, our merch, if you purchase Underground Sports Philadelphia merch or any of our podcast merch, it's the most effective and direct way to support everything we're doing here at Underground Sports. Helps us keep growing, helps us continue to deliver, uh, deliver cool content for you guys. Uh, as we keep this thing rolling around, along. So go get your merch, phiapparel.co. Use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off your order. What's going on, Matt? Living the dream. We are uh, on the precipice of Eagles-Giants divisional round. It's going to be one hell of a weekend. Saturday night at the link. Don't know what the NFL uh, was thinking, giving Philadelphia the power of a Saturday night postseason game division rival i've heard rumblings that they're gonna whip out the black uniforms again and uh it's always fun when it's you know nfc east versus nfc east and three of the four remaining teams in the nfc postseason picture are from the nfc east yeah um who would have thought <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know I, I think two out of those three especially are teams you could feasibly really see making it out of the nfc but yeah, in terms of this week's matchup, it's 
it's another rematch <laughs> as as you know we're, we're apt to get in these playoffs it seems like it's all about rematches either from this season if you look at the nfc too you obviously have the 49ers and cowboys who had that i mean in a lot of ways great game but also very uh sloppy ending you know i think about to a lot of uh, off-season questions about dak and all that um you know, in his failed hurry-up offense, getting mad at the refs, all that type of uh, stuff. But he has, as far as the Giants go, they obviously really took care of business in Minnesota. Um, this is a team, though, that you've beaten twice already this year. Although both of those games are under, like, strange circumstances. You know, I, I think the team that you really rolled over, you know, that Giants team was still dealing with a lot of injuries and were in a kind of a, a bad skid. And then they obviously rest a lot of players in the final week of the season, but it's still a closer game that you might expect. Um, so it's a hard one to read because I just think both teams, both times they played were in sort of just weird spots, you know, and, and the Eagles, I don't know if the Eagles are that team that were coming off, you know, two weeks, where they scored almost a hundred points, mm-hmm. you know, across their two games because they had the, the Titans game the week before. It's just not, that's not how the Eagles finished the season. But again, part of that was injury based. So, Webs haven't seen the Eagles play in in two weeks now, so you know it's it's a it's an interesting game to think about. And you know, anytime you get these divisional games, it's always tough. It's always you even saw the Seahawks and 49ers in that first half. You know, where the teams just know each other well. And Bills and Dolphins. Bills and Dolphins. You know, I mean, you almost had the Dolphins with one of the historic upsets. I mean, that's just what you get out of divisional games sometimes is these really close affairs, and the teams know each other very well and have a way of game planning and. Brian Dable is a really good coach, um, but I think you have to trust that the Eagles have the talent and the coaching to, to get through this game. Yeah, and I think you when you bring up the injuries, the Eagles having you know that extra week of rest was massive for them in terms of getting key pieces back. I don't know how I missed it, but like almost a week ago, uh, Elliot Shore Parks tweeted like a, a video interview clip that he had with Josh Sweat, and he was like, yeah, I was ready to go like three minutes after you know everything happened. It was kind of just like a a reactionary thing with the injury that he sustained against the Saints, and he said, I'm ready to roll for the playoffs. So that's a massive get, you know, as long as he is truly, you know, as close to 100% as you can be at this point in the season if you're an NFL player. And then Lane Johnson, uh, you know, cutting WWE promos and saying, you know, sometimes when you read the headlines, they're not exactly as accurate as they seem. Uh, Seems like he's going to be back for the playoffs, and he's ready to rock and roll, which I think – during the the stint that Gardner Minshew was in there, and even that Giants game that Jalen Hurts played, like you could feel the presence of Lane Johnson absent. Yeah, uh, this was from Tolentino Day. Lane Johnson just lifted Josh Sills, three hundred twenty five pounds, off the ground during a blocking drill. So, Kayvon, if there was any, uh, <laughs> there's any concerns, you know, maybe about <laughs> about maybe his his ability to to recover and come back. Um, like like we said, when he got injured and he talked about the injury and that he was still going to play through it, these players are just not the same type of people that we are. They're like just a different breed of person in terms of like what they're able to endure physically. So, yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. I think you know, like Daniel Jones had. I I thought, funnily enough, I think probably the best quarterback performance of Wild Card Weekend mm-hmm. was from Daniel Jones, which is a shocking sentence to say. And his like turnaround this entire year has been impressive, but um, you know we we know that this Eagles team has just as much capability to disrupt them, you know, with their defense as, as anyone. And you know we've seen that uh, across, especially that first game. I, I thought the Eagles really dominated that game in just so many ways, and um, you expect that they can get back to that level. And you know they the Giants have a lot of their defensive pieces back healthy, you know, which which should be considered like a Dory Jackson's back and. Um, Obviously, yeah, you have to think about Thibodeau, right, and and Lawrence, and I, I think there's there's tons of pieces on that defense that can that can make you worry. But Jalen Hurts is off the injury report, um, which means he's probably not dealing with any any more discomfort, right? Like that that seems to be a good sign, like really trending in the right direction. A lot of these guys outside of like Avante Maddox, it seems like will be back for this matchup. So um, you're gonna get teams at, at their full strength, which I, I don't think either you know team has really been able to say. Uh, for either of those two matchups so it's a rematch but yet in the same way it's it's still going to be you kind of the first time I think these two teams see each other in their true like form and their in their best light yeah and I mean this will be you know one of the bigger tests I think pressure wise on the Eagles coordinators because they have been you know conducting these uh 
interviews during the bye week for head coaching positions. Their names have been swirling around a ton. It's something that I think for for their careers too. Like they have to be able to show that they can perform, that they can adjust in game to really you know boost themselves as well. This is kind of their audition for those head coaching positions that Gannon's been you know in circles for since he got here. Shane Steichen more so this year. Uh, now that it's kind of a known thing that he's calling the plays on offense, so like this is also kind of open audition season for both of those guys to build their their resumes for their candidacy as head coaches. And not that you know, as a coaching as a head coach with Sirianni, you want those guys to leave, but it's only you know one of those things that they got to be on their A game, and you hope that they're on their A game. I mean, they have to be. You know, talk about having something to prove. This team got really embarrassed in the wild card last year. And uh, I think there's a lot of questions about the coaching and, you know, a lot of the questions about Jalen Hurts, which he answered over the course of this year and the coaching, it feels like it's in, but this is where you really find out. Like this is the true test of how good you are. And you saw the Vikings get exposed for being a team. I'm not saying the Eagles are like the Vikings, mm-hmm. right? But you know, the playoffs has a, a habit of showing who are the, the frauds and, and who's legitimate. And I think the Eagles are, are much more on the legitimate side, but I, th- I think people are, are treating it like it's an already an answered question and that there should be no concerns or, or whatever. Like, I, I think, you know, until you really see it, you you know, that'll be when you can truly believe it. But it's still um, it's still something unanswered for me, at least. But I, I expect the Eagles to at least win this game, though. Yeah. And I mean, who would have thought that uh, Nick Sirianni could trigger Giants fans with the simple hint of uh, we had stuffed crust Pizza Hut uh, during <laughs> the, the NFL wildcard while they were watching film? Um, I, you know what, Pizza Hut, as far as like garbage, uh, like it's drunk, like like franchised pizza is not bad. No. Um, so fair enough. I mean, there's like just a million better options. Oh, for uh, sure. But (laughs) part of me feels like he was doing a bit. I don't think he was doing a bit. (laughs) Knowing Sirianni and King of the bit with all of his t-shirts and things. I think he might. I think he part, of, or I should say, part of me knows what he was doing by like name dropping that. I th- I think he was. I think he's just a pizza hut man. Could be. <laughs> uh, but I've never seen so many Giants fans triggered over another man eating Pizza Hut. Um, but yeah, I mean, you look at the the matchups going into the divisional round now. It's it's a lot of storyline matchups uh, across the board. Obviously, Eagles Giants. Uh, a fun rivalry in the NFC East. You have the the classic 90s rivalry with the 49ers and Cowboys, which I feel like is more of a rivalry than some that the Cowboys have in the NFC East, um, depending on, you know, the era you were born in, if uh, your baby pictures are on a Polaroid or not. Uh, and then the AFC, you have the game that was never played, Bills and Bengals. Uh, and then you have Chiefs-Jaguars, which is Andy Reid versus Doug Peterson. Yeah, um... Again, you know, pretty much every, you know, like the, the Chiefs and Jaguars have already played this year. Obviously, we didn't get to see the full conclusion of Bill's Bengals, but uh, the, the little game that we did get to see that looked like it was going to be a close game. That one's, I think, probably the, like, for me, at least, it's the crown jewel of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Like, 49ers-Cowboys pretty close, but I'm most excited to, to see the Bill's Bengals just because, like, those are the two teams I think the neutral fan to, like, attach themselves on with, you know, either the Bills or the Bengals just because they're kind of, like, the sexy, you know, yeah. like kind of underdog and, you know, guy. I think the Chiefs have already like passed the point of return with a lot of people where I think people kind of want to see them lose, kind of mm-hmm. don't want Patrick Mahomes. Like he's already reached that level, I think. So um, I think a lot of people will be having eyes on that. But yeah, in terms of like storylines, it's all there. Narrative, it's all there. I, I think there's there's a lot to like feast upon this weekend in terms of uh, like good football. And, um, you know, last week, like I said, it felt like, you know, you're waiting for your entree while everyone else is digging on the appetizer that you didn't really want. And um, there were some good moments in there, some good games, but largely speaking, you know, it really wasn't that great of a weekend in terms of like games. I, I didn't like, I think outside of 49ers Seahawks, the conclusion of that, cause the 49ers ended up kind of just boat racing them. And then Monday night was just horrible. Every other game was a one score game, which was nice. Yeah. Um, you had the the Sam Hubbard, you know, ninety eight yard fumble recovery for a touchdown, kind of walk off touchdown there. The Dolphins keeping it close was pretty wild. I I just feel like the games were really sloppy. Like the yeah. the Dolphins Bills was one of the worst games I've ever seen in my life. That also happened to be like sixty five points. Yeah. Um, 
I can't tell you how many passes like Waddle and, and Hill just drive. Like that game is completely. Dolphins probably win that game actually mm-hmm. if uh, they reel in some of those big catches. Um, and Josh Allen looked very Mortal. sloppy in that game. I mean, honestly, like he's he's been like this risk taking kind of quarterback, and we we've seen that from him. And I think part of you likes him for that, but um, just way too aggressive in that game. And that you know that would give me some pause if I'm a Bills fan going mm-hmm. into this Bengals matchup because. You don't need him to be perfect to beat the Bengals, right? But you need him to be like an eight out of ten. I yeah. thought he, I thought he was like a five out of ten against mm-hmm. Miami. I really did not think he had his best showing. Like he looked average in that game, to be honest. So, um, yeah, I just I didn't feel like at any point like that was the only game where it felt like wow, like it never really felt like the Seahawks were there in the 49ers. No. Like at the doors blown off in the second half. Giants and Vikings was fun, but mm-hmm. like. There was no expectations for me going to that game. And I'm going to be honest, I watched 20 minutes of the Ravens and Bengals. Like, yeah. I'm just going to go to bed. <laughs> that, the only thing I saw time. from that game was the Hubbard Which uh, I think highlight. is all that you needed to yeah. see. Um, yeah, and like the first half of Cowboys-Buccaneers. I was like, well, this is only going one way. Yeah. You know, like it's just, even with all the missed extra points, I just did not see. Buccaneers look absolutely lost. So, burying the lead on the Chargers-Jaguars, um, which I think a lot of people... Myself included. I went to bed at halftime. I was like, this is, it's over. I felt, I yeah. was talking to my wife. I was like, yeah, I really, I really feel bad for Trevor Lawrence. Like, he just seems like a good guy. Like, he's having the worst playoff performance I think I've ever seen in my life. And I woke up the next morning, as I usually do, and check the scores for, like, everything. And just, like, whatever I missed when I went to bed last night. And I, like, I actually felt that I might have still been sleeping when I saw that it finished uh, 31-30. Because uh, that just felt insane to me. Doug that- Peterson, man. <laughs> Just unreal. Unreal performance, it, it flipped from you feel bad for Trevor Lawrence to you feel bad for Justin Herbert. I don't. Um, it's not his fault, but, like, no one could Fair. shut up about the Chargers over the offseason. And yeah. this is why that I just never put any faith in them. It's not his fault. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for Trevor Lawrence. I, I just felt so bad for him. And, I mean, everybody who <laughs> doubted the Jaguars, too, going into the season, like, giving Christian Kirk that massive contract, like – Came up big, scored one of those four touchdowns. He had a fantastic season for them. And now uh, Doug gets to go play against Andy Reid in Kansas City, which will be fun. Um, I mean, I think this weekend of games is going to be – there's there's so many storylines that you could end up dissecting. And it's like the, the one thing that I had to take away too is I feel like this is the first wild card weekend or any playoff round that we had two seventh-round quarterbacks start games for teams. Yeah. Skylar Thompson and Brock Purdy, and it's like – our, our team's going to start reevaluating quarterback. If they have the system in place, you know, like a 49ers type of team does where you have all the weapons and then you can just, you need a quarterback. They're proving that you can kind of, if, if the quarterback gets the type of system you run, you can put them in and you can kind of, you know, be above water for quite some time. It feels like a very 49ers centric idea though like yeah. i just i don't know how many other teams are able to do this for most other teams losing your starting quarterback is the end of your year uh for let alone your backup every other team losing then your backup is the end of your season you don't typically go win five straight and win your division and move up to the second seed and blow out a team in the first round of the playoffs with your third string last literal last pick of the draft quarterback i just you know i it's um it's, it's a very unexpected thing. And I mean, yeah, even Skylar Thompson, again, mm-hmm. like both those teams, like on their third string quarterbacks, um, you know, the, the Dolphins, which are much bigger hill to climb. I think, you know, the, the value of a backup quarterback has been a known thing for a while now. I don't yeah. know that that's necessarily new, but I do think like you're getting kind of the turn of the page to more emphasis on like having a good system where anyone can thrive uh, within it. I mean, people have, talked about the same with Jalen Hurts with Daniel Jones right like you know and the the fact that they do like emphasize the points of your offense where these guys can succeed and Mm -hmm. have their their best performances and that's what you're seeing with Brock Purdy Brock Purdy just has to like point and shoot you know and just has to like keep composure and like pick his spots and that's it you know and and he has enough playmakers he might have the most talented you know athletic you know skill position group ever like I from like top to bottom I don't know like Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk already are like a very deadly wide receiver combo right like Debo showed it in that game that he can make any play until like it was a 75 yard touchdown like it's just amazing George Kittle is one of the best like yards after catch tight ends I've I've ever seen and then you have Christian McCaffrey who's like just one of the premier like dual threat like running backs that can 
catch, you know, nine passes for 110 yards and also rush for 100 yards. Like, he's just he's very unique. Um, and, yeah, I think that's that's just a hard team to, to nail down. And still, like, they looked like a huge threat. But, yeah, the, the quarterback position is, I think, never been more important. You know, you see, like, Kirk Cousins throwing a check down on fourth down. Um, you know, you, you just need someone who's going to make those smart decisions and, you know, be uh, be aggressive when they have to. And, I, you know, that's that's the big key. I think this postseason's also kind of really re-emphasized the importance of building through the trenches. If you have a strong offensive line and a strong defensive line, you're going to be successful in the NFL. Look at the teams that are left. The Eagles, strong on both sides and have been for you know half a decade, if not longer. The Giants started to invest in their offensive line the past couple of years, and it's started to benefit them. They have a really solid interior defensive line. You add Thibodeau, they're building in the trenches. The 49ers have one of the best defensive lines in football. They have a very solid offensive line as well. And then uh, the Cowboys, you know, they always get talked about with their offensive line. They have a pretty quality defensive line as well. Uh, and then in the AFC, same type of thing. You know, the Bills went and added Von Miller in the in the uh, offseason. Obviously, he's not playing, but, like, that's the type of things you do to build in the trenches. If you can't draft them, you're going to go get that prolific pass rusher. Uh, and, you know, the Bills offensive line uh, has been getting better and better in Josh Allen's tenure there. The Bengals invested in offensive and defensive line over the past couple of years to protect Joe Burrow. Um, and then I'm blanking on uh, the Chiefs. I mean, they're the Chiefs. And then the Jaguars, they went out and spent a boatload of money on both, uh, both sides of the trenches. So, I mean, the trenches matter in if you want to be successful in the NFL, and the final eight teams are, are proving that uh, as we head into the divisional round. But when it comes to the Eagles-Giants matchup, like I feel pretty good about just the situation that the Eagles are in in terms of like they got the rest. You know, It's an opponent that they have film on so they can study both matchups that they had, and that's a benefit for the Giants as well. Um, but I think you know getting Lane Johnson back can't be – understated enough even if he's at you know 75 percent a 75 percent lane johnson is better than no lane johnson yeah I, I forget what the the record breakdown is with and without lane johnson but it is a, a stark difference in, in the equals performance down the years and he's obviously been such a mainstay so having him back at your right is is just such an important part to this game and um like guys like we said you know like tons of guys coming back from injury and you're gonna see these two teams at, at full health which just hasn't been the case um I do wonder too, like if the Giants maybe feel like you know, this like that win against the Vikings is kind of like their big statement, and it's easy. We've seen that it's easy to get like the emotions, you know, uh, take control of you, and you kind of flatten out after like a big emotional high. You're know, like getting a win like that, but that team is is playing in a way that's that's, I think, can make things uncomfortable for anyone. Mm -hmm. You know, like they just have that ability. Dable's a, a great coach. Um, you know, I think just has has that capacity to make every game a, a tough one, and uh, I think it's going to be a challenge for the Eagles. But ultimately, too, you know, like I think this is who you'd most want to play out of out of everyone remaining uh, in both conferences. Honestly, I I, I think um, it'd, it'd be them or the Jaguars truly. And um, so, in that sense, you know, they still have the advantage of, of being the top seed, having the game at home. Like you think of all the things that are in their favor. Uh, you know, it's 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 a big advantage for the Eagles. Again, I think you look at, at just the, you know, we talk about the 49ers weapons. I think the 1-1-A in terms of weapons across the board this season, the Eagles are right there with, you know, the A.J. Browns, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, the way Miles Sanders has run the ball this year, had a career season. And then, I mean, you get the Giants and you get to unleash the giant killer, Boston Scott, who has uh, played in his, he's got 18 career touchdowns. Ten of them are against the Giants. Uh, apparently he's seen a bunch of the, the tweets and memes and stuff about him being a giant killer, uh, which is very funny. Um, Wink Martindale tried to brush it off in his press conference today. He's like, that's something that predates uh, me being here. So uh, just because he scored on us doesn't mean he's a giant killer. Okay, buddy. He's, he's in the top six all time in touchdowns scored against the Giants with the least amount of games played against them. Uh, if he scores one against them this week, he ties Ezekiel Elliott. Which is... Uh... You know, I have always said that Boston and Scott and Zikadella are just the same. <laughs> Two peas in a pod. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you have that in your back pocket. And I think, you know, the Eagles defense this year, too, getting guys back healthy, having Josh Sweat back is going to be huge. 
And then you just have to hope that, you know, Jonathan Gannon comes prepared because he knows what's on the line for him personally and what's on the line for this team moving forward because there's a, there's a lot of pressure, I think, on this defense to really perform and kind of silence all the, the talking head media that's going to be out there the rest of this week talking about the 49ers, talking about the Cowboys, and talking about the Giants, you know, everybody doing their quarterback power rankings, people putting Jalen Hurts last, which is just pretty funny to me. Um, so, I mean, I think if this team is just, you know, dialed in, there's no doubt in my mind that they can go out there and, you know, once again put on a show against the New York Giants. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Like I said, I, I just don't know how to feel about this game in terms of, like, projecting it and, and how I think it's going to end up. I, I do feel like just, again, the, the Eagles are the better team and, you know, uh, have the advantage of rest. Like, there's just all of it is in their favor, but um, – Divisional games can be so strange, and I, I think that's that's what gives me pause. But I think it's it's hard for me to see another way where it's not an Eagles win. You know, the both games. I, I know you know the the final game week was was close, but I do feel like there was just both sides never. It, there wasn't a ton of motivation. You know, mm-hmm. like the Eagles obviously you wanted to wrap up the one seed. It ultimately didn't matter because the Cowboys lost. But you know, and uh, you know they, they were just sort of biding time. It felt like, and the Giants rusted everyone, knowing that they're you know. This was their path, and there's no point in getting anyone injured. So, it's just it's it's hard for me to to look at these matchups and and not think that the Eagles should be winning this. Yeah, I feel in a good place about where this team is at, just the preparation they've been able to put in. And I mean, the NFL gave the Eagles a, a silver platter gift of a Saturday night at the Link. Like, there's nothing better than you know a night game at the Link against a division rival. It's just another fun chapter to add to Eagles Giants that there are so many stories about already. Um, and I mean, the Eagles perform well at home. That's, that's the other big thing and why it was so important in that week 18 game to get home field advantage is because the Eagles are a superior team at home. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's might just be the biggest advantage of all. And you, you mentioned it too at the top, like Saturday night, I think, you know, you're going to have, as raucous of a crowd as you could possibly get, you know, for the so you know, they, obviously if they make it to an NFC Championship game, you know, then it, it obviously expands. But you know, like this is this is what you want to experience as a fan too of like these types of moments, these types of games. So um, it's it's a huge deal, you know, and I, I think we don't shouldn't take them for granted either. Cause, you know, like it's the Eagles have obviously been good for for pretty much our entire lives. They've always at least been a playoff team, you know, contending for the most part, but. Um, it's not often either that you go in as the number one seed that you have these advantages, you have the home games, and uh, you you have this kind of atmosphere buildup. You just you just don't guarantee this stuff unless you're the Chiefs or yeah. you know the Patriots. You know for the last you know 15, 16 years with Brady, like you just don't get moments like this all the time. And I think talent wise, this is arguably top to bottom the best Eagles team we've seen in our lifetime. You know, just across the board, unit by unit, guys who are on the field. You know, eleven on eleven. It's it's some of, if not the best talent on the field that the Philadelphia Eagles have ever produced. Yeah, I'd say like balance wise, definitely. Um, you know, on both sides of the ball, like maybe there were teams in the past that had like higher caliber like mm-hmm. players. Um, but I think again, yeah, like you said, like from top to bottom, I think this team is probably as, as balanced as one of we've ever seen. Um, and you know, again, you know, we you don't want to diminish what they've done this year and and think that you know, this team can't go on and win a Super Bowl because they can. You know, I think the last few weeks, you know, the season where the performances weren't as good. And again, you had guys like struggling with injury through a lot of that. And that was the reason. But I think we've maybe forgotten a little bit how dominant this team could look, you know, thinking back to that Giants game, that Titans game, like we mentioned, you know, where this team was just able to, to roll through. When the Eagles get going, it's, it's very similar to what we saw in the 49ers in the second half against the Seahawks, where it's like, they can beat you in so many ways, and, and they have this ability. to Once they, they gather that momentum uh, offensively, they're just a very hard team to stop. And they have the big plays on, on defense, too. Like, they have guys that can make, you know, those big, like, tackles for losses that really matter and can come up with a, a turnover when it matters. Like, that's that's the nature of this team. And so, you know, they have the ability to, to win and, and, you know, win the NFC at the least and, and go on to the Super Bowl potentially against – Chiefs, Pick your team. Bills, <laughs> Bengals, Jaguars. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. You know, not an ad from the Wings, but they had to move their game, which I'll be at, you know, covering for the pod. Um, 
at 1 o'clock now instead of 7 o'clock. Lots are opening for the Wings game at the Wells Fargo Center at 8 a.m. So if you want to come down early, it's $25 to park with a Wings ticket. Tickets start at 20 bucks. Uh, and like I mentioned at the top, it's 215 day. Uh, $2 soft pretzels, $1 hot dogs, $5 beers. Plus you get, you know, uh, a rowdy atmosphere. And as head coach GM Paul Day said last week on the Outside the Box podcast, it's like if you take a Flyer and Sixers game and put an Eagles tailgate in you know, in with it. That's how he describes the atmosphere. Uh, last Saturday night, even in a loss, was a wild time at the Wells Fargo Center. I can't remember the last time it's been that packed for a Wings game. It was over 10,000 fans, so get your early, you know, fix of, you know, violent uh, sporting action at the Wells Fargo Center, and then go right across the street, uh, tailgate at the lots, and then go to the Eagles game. So go check out the Wings as well. And Matt, speaking of the Wells Fargo Center, uh, our Sixers segment brought to you by our new friends, new sponsor alert, uh, our friends over at Dubby, Dubby Energy. Uh, they are that new up-and-coming, you know, energy drink that you kind of see, you know, everybody advertising, no no crashes, no jitters, but why, why is Dubby unique? Well, they have uh, spent a lot of time formulating their recipe and only include vitamins and nootropics that benefit cognitive performance. And the star of the show is Neurofactor, which is a natural and patented ingredient that comes from high-quality ripe coffee cherries. It has actually been shown in clinical studies to boost brain performance. So get your big brain on. And in addition to that, W is sugar-free, zero calories, maltodextrin-free, and has zero artificial coloring. Uh, you can check out all of the uh, nutrition facts on their website as well. But, Matt, I'm going to read off some of these flavors to you because they sound absolutely incredible. Uh, they have the big energy tiers because they are uh, going to war against big energy. Uh, that is the blue raspberry flavor, which, I mean, if you're talking flavors and stuff, typically the, the blue flavor is creme de la creme. Uh, they've got Dragonade Energy, which is dragon fruit and pink strawberry lemonade. They've got Dub Sludge, which is looks like Nickelodeon slime on the front, with Granny Smith apple and secret sauce. Uh, they also have... Uh, Galaxy Grenade. It's currently sold out, but apparently they are working on getting it back in stock. That is watermelon, guava, and lime. They have beach and peach, which is mango, white peach. Uh, and then they also have uh, dubby fruit punch and lemon lime. And then passion joy tea, which is crisp passion fruit iced tea. All sounds delicious. You guys can go to w.gg. And use code UNDERGROUND to get 10% off your order. They've got all the, the drink tubs. They've got shakers. They've got apparel as well. Uh, and they also have a pretty cool shaker uh, that's currently sold out. But with that shaker, they plant trees in California for each one purchased. And last year, they planted 950 trees in California. So we're all about the trees here as well. So go to w.gg and use code UNDERGROUND to get 10% off your order. Matt, the Sixers are, are loving the West Coast. Yeah, which is uh, which is great for us. Joel Embiid with another, just you know, casual, casual forty-one points. Just he's he's like one of the most efficient scorers I've ever seen in my life. Which is, um, you know, obviously like big men, especially when they're in and around the post. You know, you you can have that. You can have this high percentage plays, but um, he just has so many tools within his game, Embiid. Which you know, we all know this, but it's just it's a joy to watch him I, he's just like he's just so unreal it's so hard because you're getting you're getting drugged back in with this team i every every time you watch them and they're putting in good performances putting in good work and it's hard to not feel like uh <laughs> here we go again and um you know start to feel positive about them you know maxi back you know more in the rotation now and you're seeing him you know and harden like seeing Maxi come off the bench and potentially have this like six man role, which could be fascinating. Like there's, there's some development there. Um, yet it's hard to not start to fall in love with this team again, which is a big problem because I, I still just have such a hard time with the idea of this team in the playoffs and doc rivers. But when they play like they did, you know, against the Clippers and, and like they've done for the last like month, you know, for, for large parts, it's hard not to be sold on this team's ceiling and the promise of what they could be. Um, they're still going to have some like touch ma tough matchups and challenges in the Eastern Conference and you know in the playoffs. But 
you know, when Embiid plays like this, if you get like a good Harden series, if you get Maxi like, you know, catching fire, like he has the capability to like, this team can beat anyone. Um, I think that's what's so frustrating about them and, and what has been so frustrating about them. But, you know, I, I, it's hard to not feel positive about this team right now, which is, again, very frustrating for me. They are a half game back of the two seed, sitting at 28 and 16, half a game behind the Bucks, four and a half back of the Celtics for the one seed uh, tomorrow night. And if you guys are listening to this back, you know, not live Thursday. They're playing at Portland and then Saturday at Sacramento to wrap up the home, the uh, West Coast trip before they come home on Wednesday, next Wednesday, to play the Nets uh, and a big one. You know, who would have thought at this point in the season, you know, with Durant injured and Ben Simmons doing Ben Simmons things, uh, Sixers-Nets in late January would mean so much. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's... <sighs> It's so frustrating because it just doesn't matter with this team. And, like, they've they've had, like, all the advantages of being, like, a top seed in the East, and it, it hasn't mattered. They've lost Game 7s at home. They've lost them on the road. Like, they've lost them in embarrassing fashion, in heartbreaking fashion. Like, there's so many ways that this team has hurt us over the years that it's hard to it's hard to envision a new way that they could, although I'm sure there is. But, you know, like, it's, um, yeah, I, yeah. You look at the, the the rest of the schedule, like uh, you know, for for this month, and again, you know, it's it's been a lot easier than what they had at the start of the year. And again, I think people forgot how snake bitten this team was at times with with injuries to to start the season, and and that was definitely a part of you know their slower start. But yeah, since you know, especially like the end of November, this team has just been I I think a lot different. Um, but yeah, like Trailblazers, Kings, and Nets, you know, is obviously tough, and then Nuggets, like that's that's a tough little stretch, but. You know, for for the most part, you do have a a pretty light you know a- end of January with with Magic closing out the month. So, um, I would I I would expect them to like win those tough three games and blow the Magic or something like that's just yeah. <laughs> especially with two at home against the Magic. Yeah, that's just the way the way it goes. But and I mean trade deadline quickly approaching as well. We'll see what happens there. It doesn't um, seem like the the Caesars are gonna be active at the trade deadline. Um, everything I've heard is about them wanting to kind of move away from the tax um so it doesn't feel like you know they're they're angling but who knows you know like that, that could obviously change and you know if you know, let's not forget that this team's window is right now like right right now and you're not guaranteed mvp level Embiid for another year and harden is 33 and could potentially be gone this year like i don't know like you know so there's no ruling out like a big splash um for the sixers but you know, it just does seem maybe like a deadline that they're not going to be doing a ton at. But what do you make of the? Uh, I forget who put the article out, but the headline that came out today that uh, James Harden really likes playing with Eric Gordon. Uh, we'll just bring Eric Gordon. To- <laughs> um, I don't make much of it. Yeah. I, like, it's it's uh, to me that's that's irrelevant. The one thing that I think is quite hilarious is you know the Sixers are on this surge, kind of you know finding their their groove. And, uh, of course, Joshua Harris has his sights set on purchasing another team. What team? He is allegedly right now the front runner to be the new owner of the Washington Commanders. Oh, nice. Christ. (laughs) Apparently, I think Ian Rappaport said this on uh, either the Pat McAfee show or on NFL Network that uh, the Commanders are expected to be sold by March. Bezos is kind of out, but the door's not closed. But Joshua Harris is now the front runner. Is the uh, money for that? I guess it's gonna be like four billion, right? They said it's gonna be no less than six point eight three billion. Jesus Christ! God Almighty! They just had Harris Blitzer just has the weirdest collection of sports teams. Yeah, from the Sixers to the Devils, and then. Uh, David Blitzer is like a minority owner of the Cleveland Guardians now. It's just a weird collection of Freaks. non-joint <laughs> teams. Yeah. But yeah, apparently uh, he's the front runner to purchase the Commanders. Huh. Priorities in order right there. Well, I I wish him luck. I don't mean it. <laughs> uh, and then... We'll keep it pushing here, sticking in the Wells Fargo Center. It's brought to you by our friends at Kenwood Beer, uh, the official beer of Underground Sports Philadelphia. They did tweet out yesterday, Matt, that uh, we could see the first red dot on the Kenny Tracker in New Jersey this year, which is very exciting. 
Uh, and if you go to the Wells Fargo Center, if you're taking in Sixers, Flyers, the Wings, Villanova basketball, uh, you can get Big Kenny's at KenwoodBeer.com and uh, use that all-new and improved Kenny tracker to see who's got them on tap in the Philadelphia area. Get them at the Wells Fargo Center. They're inching closer and closer to New Jersey for all of our New Jersey listeners, as we all are. And Kenwood's going to be part of our live uh, tailgate podcast this year during Philly season. So shout out to Kenwood and go to KenwoodBeer.com. Use that Kenny tracker. Uh, you got to be 21 or older to do so. And of course, guys, please drink responsibly. Matt, the Philadelphia Flyers last night had their uh, Hockey is for Everyone night and they get a big win. But the big story is that Ivan Provorov didn't warm up because he refused to wear the Pride uh, warm-up jersey, stated that it was uh, his religious beliefs, and it's thrown everybody into a spiral on Twitter. Yeah, a hard one to escape, I think. Um, I am disappointed Mm -hmm. that he said that and i think the hiding behind religion excuse is to me in my opinion not a credible one um i don't understand the big deal about letting people exist and you celebrating on one night you know, a, a minority group which has been uh, harassed and targeted and not given equal treatment and showing that this sport, which is full of douchey people like this, um, can be a welcoming environment uh, where it typically hasn't, right? This is a very, like, masculine sport with a tons of, like, toxic masculinity baked into it, um, but it doesn't have to be that way. You know, mm-hmm. we can be a platform where everyone's welcome, like, no matter who you are, what you identify as, like... You, know, you can come here, enjoy the game, be a fan, and, and feel a part of the experience. Um, and, you know, I, I think it just, yeah, it brings a, a lot of unwanted negative attention on a night that was supposed to be celebrating, you know, a, a group that, you know, we, uh, again, uh, have not treated well in this country and around the world, yeah. too, um, throughout, like, all of human history. So um, just disappointing all the way around. I, I just I didn't care for it. I didn't care for Torts's yeah that he's in a tough spot like i i don't want to be super critical because it's i can't imagine it being easy having to navigate this situation and having to answer questions about it like you know but also you're paid a lot of money to do this you know not not necessarily this but you're like i i I didn't care it felt like a cop-out for me personally uh, but i also understand like you know once you claim your religious beliefs like what more is there to say you know like as his boss, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I just, all around, I think it's disappointing. Um, I think even some of his teammates seemed disappointed in, in what he said and his actions. Um, to me, I, it's just, it's an exhausting argument. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just, I don't know why. I don't know how to explain to people that you should care about others and that like having empathy is a good thing. <laughs> that, you know, like ultimately to, you know, I, I just I, I don't know why it's so hard for people to accept people that are gay that are that are trans that are, are bi like it's just to me like yeah like whatever like you identify whatever like makes you happy like fulfills you in life like cool like that's that's how it should be I, I don't know why it has to be this this fight I don't know why people constantly talk about how this is shoved down their throats because it isn't like mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to tell you this but it, it really isn't um, and if you feel that way like you need to like have a chat with someone. I mean that like sincerely, like if you really feel like this stuff is like shoved down your throat or that this is, this is wrong or whatever. Well, it's just his beliefs. Like, okay, well like it was the belief of white people for a very long time that black people were inferior to them. It it was the belief of people that homosexuality was a sin and unnatural and disgusting and, you know, should be eliminated. Like we know that these things aren't true. It was a belief that AIDS was a, like a gay driven disease. It was killing only gay people, which we know like, the 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 bigotry and, and things like this is like the casual way that we dismiss minority groups is harmful and can lead to harmful outcomes um we all want to live in a better world and part of that is accepting others um and i i just again i i just found it all disappointing i found like the discourse around it really disappointing mm-hmm. and just proves again like a lot of the it 
it became this like feedback loop where you have pride nights in sports like hockey for this reason. Yeah. Because there is this culture around it of like the good old boys club and all this and you have something like this happen and it's the exact response that you'd expect from some people involved with the the sport and the fans and it's like it's just so disappointing you know it's already disappointing with the flyers with getting d'angelo mm-hmm. i do think there's a deep irony in having a pride night when you signed like a massive homophobe over the summer like i i don't know like it's just yeah. i that's and that's part of it's frustrating too is you know that you know teams are willing to do like the the minimum kind of like public showing for this um and this was a big thing in the world cup too where like Mm -hmm. some of these players wanted to wear this um it really wasn't even a a pride like armband but it was an armband that had like multicolored on it and said love is love and they backed down from it when they were threatened to get yellow carded uh, for wearing it and you know that's what's frustrating too is it's like these these token things that ultimately are simultaneously like a good and a good thing like i think the idea of a pride night is a good thing but ultimately too is just like you know it is just a way for the flyers to very easily like check a box but well you know we're very progressive but it's like okay you know like yeah you and the can't, fact you that can't sign tony d'angelo and say that you're progressive and the right? fact that d'angelo wore it and warmed That's, up in like, it too like we know like, let's be real we know tony d'angelo does not care no. about lgbtq plus rights and i'm sure i would honestly bet that like I'm sure there are, there are a few like Flyers players that are like very positive, very progressive, like largely speaking are like allies, whatever. Like, like Scott Law and and James Van Riemsdyk. Right, but I would also guess that like seventy percent of the team is like I honestly don't care, mm-hmm. but also like it does not affect me. <laughs> it doesn't me, affect like, me in the slightest to put this thing on for twenty goddamn minutes yeah. and just go out there and then go get paid my game check of a hundred ten thousand dollars or whatever. Like, just cry me a, a fucking river with your you're it's just okay don't want to get too angry but um it, it, it's I cowardly just, it, it honestly yes I, I and again i you know people are allowed to believe whatever they want to religiously right but um one of my biggest gripes with with religious beliefs using in this way is that it, it you can't pick or choose like what parts of your religion you get to live to yeah. the letter and then other things are not as important to you. I hope overall is a virgin. Right. And it's just like, it's like, come on, man. Like I, I don't want to make it just about him because this is a larger scale for problem sure than just like Provorov. Like, but I just, I can't stand it. Like I, I, I just can't stand the, the, the double speak about like religious freedoms and all this. And it's like, it does not harm you at all for a man and a, a man to get married or a woman and a woman or people to be non-binary, whatever it is. Like, it's just, it doesn't, I can I just don't understand how we've like people can't move past this and just accept that other people are are going to be different, you know, like mm-hmm. and and that it's it's not a bad thing. It's not like it's I just I don't understand it. I I I don't get how it's an issue for people. Like I I just I never have given it a second of thought that it's like, "Oh yeah, they're gay." So what? <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's just that's it. That's the end of the conversation. Like I I don't know I don't know why it's a problem. And uh if anybody has ever questioned like underground sports Philadelphia is a safe space. Like we want everybody involved with our content, you know, any events that we throw, everybody's welcome to those. And if you have a problem with that, don't come, you know, don't follow us. Um, but we are, are very inclusive. We want everybody to just enjoy, you know, the things that we enjoy and that we talk about and want everybody a part of the discussion. So don't ever have to, uh, question that from us whatsoever, but, can't go understated, you know, the the positive aspect of things that, you know, Scott Lawton and James Van Riemsdyk did last night as well. Big shout out to them, uh, including uh, the first non-binary uh, fan to kind of come out and experience a hockey game in that light. And a very cool story from uh, NHL.com that was put out there that we will uh, tweet out for everybody to, you know, kind of get a look. And Scott Lawton has been at the forefront of this for years as well. And I think last night they asked him, you know, before the game and before warm-up, why he's been so, uh, you know, into it with everything. He said, I just want to be a good person. That's yeah. all you got to do. Just being a good person. Um, so shout out to Lawton and JVR. Uh, but, Matt, we are on the precipice of another Philadelphia Union season. Yeah, uh, coming up in the uh, in the, the month of February. You know, like, it's, it's weird, you know, like, because, I mean, we'll, we'll start talking, too, about, you know, like, pitchers and catchers reporting, like, all this, it's – 
um, bizarre because you know obviously too is hasn't really felt like winter <laughs> you know for the most part like we've had a few cold days um ironically like christmas weekend was the coldest days yeah. that we've had but like today it was like almost 60 i think and super sunny so um doesn't feel like we're in the midst of winter it does feel closer to like spring training talk and they need to be back maybe uh you know for that that february night game <laughs> if we could get uh you know something closer to this that'd be it that'd be clutch but yeah we're we're getting uh inching closer and closer now yeah we have our first uh club friendly on saturday against austin and uh like it just feels like we had our hearts ripped out by that loser scumbag who just retired gareth bale um you know in the in the mls cup final but union being back is very exciting running it back for the most part with everybody still on the squad which i think you know can't go understated enough how important it is to have you know guys dag back and having you know this core running it back because they've been good for the last you know three four years of this solid core together yeah you have kai back as well like it largely speaking you're you're, you're running it back to this team and um you know we saw how how improved they were as the season went on so she's second half of the season you're just blowing teams out and um had a, had a great attack and you expect uh, or at least hope that that translates into this season there's no guarantees of that but um you know it's it's certainly within question you know that and within reach that this team could be again a, a top two seed in the east maybe you know have a, another go at the supporter shield something like that and um you know i i think uh, again it's, it's going to be an exciting year because you expect a uh, a lot of the same of what we got from last season, which was a very exciting and very good union team. So, yeah, I mean they have the new kits rolling out, and like you said, uh, you know February is when season gets underway, full blown. Um, preseason though runs for about a month, uh, from January twenty first to February eighteenth, and then regular season underway. Sons of Ben just celebrated their anniversary as well. So shout out to the Sons of Ben, but. Uh, Union down in Clearwater as well. I think that's pretty neat that you know a lot of the uh, the teams that do go south for the winter to uh, get ready for their season go to Clearwater. Um, just keeping it all kind of unified and making it easy for you know the fans that are down in Florida to uh, you know go out and, and see them if they have open practice or anything like that. But uh, you know I think that should be kind of the expectation for the Union this year with the guys that are coming back and uh, you know everything's still pretty much in place from what it was last season like you should expect them to be a, a top four team in the entire mls yeah absolutely again if you if you just translate the second half of the year into you know uh, this full season and and how much better they looked and and more fluid it was um can also discount to the like hunger you know that this team has to have and the motivation to go out and, and do it again and, and actually get out of the line because you know, they've they failed at the conference finals. Uh, you know, they, they failed at the finals now. And the, you know, the logical conclusion or the hopeful conclusion or next step is that they go and, you know, win, uh, win the MLS Cup this year. And uh, just trying to pull it up here. And, I mean, you bring up, too, like the the way that they started last year was not the most ideal situation. They were playing great defense, but they didn't really have the offense really intact. And then you go out and get Carranza and you kind of have that, you know, big three up top to – help you start producing the goals that you did and have that stretch run of six plus goals in game in like five straight games like now you're gonna have that you know for the entire season if not longer and you know who knows if you add pieces throughout the the, the season and everything like that but I think now having that offensive core together uh for a full year is gonna pay dividends yeah absolutely um so very excited for the union to be back and Pretty excited that we are uh, on the precipice of year five, the 500th episode tonight. Uh, this brought to you by our friends over at Bino. Uh, they're the best tabletop game out there. Uh, whether it's for your man cave, your she shed, uh, your tailgates, they'll be part of our live tailgate series as well this Philly season. Uh, we're going to have Bino boards out there for everybody to uh, kind of get a taste here on the East Coast as they're based on the West Coast. But, uh, you know, you think foosball paper football you got some bino in you uh you know they just want to provide a a quality a high quality gaming experience for every flicker involved you guys can go to binoboard.com that's b-i-n-h-o-b-o-a-r-d.com get your boards get accessories apparel all that good stuff and uh help tell your story 
from the other side of the pitch at BinoBoard.com and use code BinoUSP, B-I-N-H-O-U-S-P, for 10% off your order. Matt, as we do every year, the Underground Sports Philadelphia Hall of Fame, uh, to kind of recognize the year that was, uh, we'll start putting out polls and things in the weeks to come. But as we look back on, uh, you know, this this crazy year that we've had, uh, I think we should start to uh, evaluate kind of the categories that we'll have, uh, and then we'll obviously fill those in with people, things, events, you name it, across the board. But uh, when you think of the year we've just had from, you know, February 7th of 2022 to what will be February 7th, 2023, some things that uh, stand out to you. Oh, man. Um, well, the union, for one, I think stand out for me. Maybe the most heartbreaking moment of the year would be, uh, <laughs> would be a, a good category because um, there's certainly a lot of uh, a lot of times it felt like you kind of just wanted to turn the TV off in the past calendar year. So. Yeah, definitely the union. I would say the Phillies, obviously. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, you know, this year with, with the Eagles has been a wild ride as well. We're going to have a lot of, uh, teams up for team of the year type situations. Um, I think, you know, one of the fan type moments will be, uh, we talked about it when it happened, but, uh, rotisserie chicken guy as uh, one of the, the fans of the Absolutely. year kind of brought everybody together in our darkest times. Um, and he's still out there doing big things. There was like a pop-up bar that had rotisserie chicken margaritas this past week and they sold out. Um, I think he's going to probably make the, the fan ballot poll there. Um, you know, so much happened this year, you know, Joe Girardi gets fired, that kind of stuff. Rob Thompson, uh, we didn't even mention Rob Thompson voted the second uh, sexiest manager in Major League Baseball, uh, according to a poll put out to all the uh, MLB reporters there. Um, you know, I mean, the the Sixers, there's not too much, I would say, this year, oddly enough. Um, the playoff exit was just... Uh... Yeah, I didn't even know if you called it disappointing. But, Par for uh, the course. <laughs> yeah, it just felt uh, the history was already written. <laughs> the ink was already dried on that paper. Because so. uh, for everybody out there, if you're new, you know it's it's not a guarantee that something from every team gets voted in uh, to the Underground Sports Philadelphia Hall of Fame. But we're spitballing ideas here. Obviously, those three teams with the Union going to the MLS Cup, the Phillies going to the World Series, and now the Eagles uh, on their ride right now. They'll be up for team of the year, and, uh, you know, we'll have our uh, fan slash, you know, community award type situation as well. And then any moments, things, events that kind of stand out to you uh, from the year that was in Philadelphia sports, comment down below on YouTube, tweet at us at UndergroundPHI, DM us on Instagram at UndergroundPHI. Uh, and we'll we'll evaluate it. We'll see if it's uh, got the juice to make the list. And then as the weeks go by, we'll continue rolling out, you know, what the polls are and who makes it in each category, let you guys get the fan vote in. We'll, you know, commiserate as a as a company, and then we'll announce our, uh, our inductees for the 5th Underground Sports Philadelphia Hall of Fame on our anniversary show February 8th, 2023. Uh, but I think that's all we got for you guys here on episode 500. It's a crazy milestone that, you know, five years ago we probably thought was a pipe dream. Uh, so we can't thank you guys enough for your continued support on everything we do and uh, just showing out on content, showing out on any live events that we attend or uh, host. And, you know, we got a, a lot of fun stuff coming up in 2023 to make year five one to remember so make sure you guys are following us on the socials at underground phi twitter instagram follow matt on twitter at matt castarina follow me on twitter at kbizzl311 uh facebook.com slash underground sports phi twitch.tv slash underground sports phi subscribe to the podcast feed on apple podcast spotify it's linked in all of our social media profiles as well. You can click to get to Apple, Spotify, or your podcast app of choice. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. It does go a long way for helping this show continue to grow and deliver you 500-plus more episodes in the future. 
Uh, so make sure you subscribe there and subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. It's where you get full video episodes of every podcast on our network, original content, live streams, shorts, everything going up on our YouTube channel. Help us get to a thousand subscribers because uh, we really need to hit that milestone and uh, it really does help. So smash that like button, ring the bell icon, comment down below your submissions for the Underground Sports Philadelphia Hall of Fame and uh, be a friend, tell a friend to share the YouTube with your people. Big thank you to our sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And big shout out to our merch partners, PHI Apparel Company. You guys can get 10% off any and all merch on any order at phiapparel.co when you use code underground at checkout. It's the most effective and direct way to support everything we're doing here at Underground Sports Philadelphia. So go get your merch, tag us when you get your merch, and, uh, it's it's the best out there. You can't beat it. So go get your merch. PHIapparel.co. This has been episode 500 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Matt, I'm KB. Till next time, go birds, and we'll see you on the next one. Peace. Oh,